This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Today on NASCAR America, relive the chaos, the scandal Talladega. Today, we're going to let you hear exactly what an angry Clint Boyer said to his crew chief after a wreck ended his day. Cup Series drivers are testing a track that could be even more unpredictable than Talladega next year. Martin Trex Jr. tells us what he thinks of Charlotte's Motor Speedway's Roval and why the team is not taking it easy in Kansas. Plus, a special driver-to-driver interview, Dale Jarrett and Kevin Harvick, a pair of champions discussing the playoffs and what Kevin loves most about the pressure of cut races. Sometimes it's easier to to just have that one-track mind and think about one thing, and that's your only option of of being out. But I like those moments. I think they're they're, uh, very challenging. Um, I love the thrill of, of, of being able to succeed in those moments because there's, there's really no, no higher high than uh, you know, you know, accomplishing something when you have no other option. And with that, we welcome you to NASCAR America, Carol Lamano and Kyle Petty with you, along with our Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett, who joins us from Charlotte. The big news today, NASCAR wrapping up a Goodyear tire test on the road course at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Over the last two days, in fact, Goodyear has been testing the Speedway's Roval, which is the road course that's going to be featured as an elimination race in next year's playoffs. It was Martin Truex Jr. and Kurt Busch and Daniel Hemrick and also Jamie McMurray, who were the drivers taking part. And our pit reporter, Marty Snyder, was also there. He fired this from the track. Well, Carolyn, it's been a very unique two days of testing here for the Charlotte Rover. In fact, Martin Truex Jr. telling me this course is unlike anything he's driven in his entire career. Let me tell you a little bit about the race course. 2.42 miles, 18 turns, although that number could change before we come back here next fall for the playoffs. Top speed, 175 miles an hour. It goes down to 40 miles an hour. Maybe surprisingly, though, there's a 35-foot elevation change throughout the road course. One of the unique things you'll see about the Roval are the chicanes, one going into turn three, one coming off of turn four of the regular oval. But that's just the beginning of what drivers have had to get used to here for the Charlotte Roval. The one thing AJ kind of walked away with from the original test was the track's too narrow. We need some better passing zones. Do you think that that will develop? Yeah, and and that's always the... The, the tough part about road courses is developing those braking zones so that they're proper and it gives the guys stability and the chance to go in there side by side. Here we're, we have the banking and there's not a lot of road courses in the world that have 22 degrees of banking on one of their corners and then you're jumping down onto the flat uh, going through the front straightaway chicane. It definitely feels narrow but as slick as it is and the mistakes that uh, you know, we've been making and seeing the tire marks, you know, in the wrong spots. There, there may be opportunities. Um, the tough part is going to be when you get side by side, you're, at some point you're going to have to 
figure that out. So um, there's definitely some wild parts to it, and it, it has you know recipe to be insane. Speaking of insanity, it's supposed to be a, an elimination race in the playoffs next year. Insanity. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Talladega two. <laughs> I'm assuming it'll be fact. This will be an elimination race next year. How, what kind of challenge is that going to be? Yeah, that's why I volunteered. I wanted to get laps. <laughs> I wanted to be the best that I can be here. And it's going to challenge the team, the driver, and everybody mentally on how to survive this race and advance to the next round. And so could put a lot of importance on the regular season on having those bonus points to get you through this because this is going to be a wild card just like Talladega is. And boy, Carolyn, is that a common theme? A lot of the drivers think the Charlotte Roble will be the new wild card in the 2018 playoffs. In fact, as Martin Truex Jr. said, I'm not sure there's many places we can pass on this Roble, but there sure are a lot of places we can wreck. So something to look forward to, I guess, for the 2018 playoffs, the Charlotte Roble. Absolutely. Absolutely, Marty. Thank you. DJ, why don't I just pose that question to you right off the bat? I mean, is this going to be a situation with this being a cut race that this is more unpredictable than what we saw at Talladega? So you're telling me that the drivers are saying that they're going to look more forward to Talladega than running this road course at Charlotte now. Oh, my gosh. I never thought anything like that could come about. But, you know, what it's going to do is put uh, a lot of uncertainty uh, in those first two rounds of the playoffs next year. And, uh, you know, I I'm trying to buy into this road course at Charlotte. Uh, it looks interesting, and I'm sure the novelty of it, uh, it is going to be something that will be pretty outstanding. Uh, I understand uh, some of the things that they did when I got there uh, just a few weeks ago and saw that what they had added coming off of turn four, I think I would have liked the idea of just going down into what will be turn one uh, and trying to outbreak an opportunity there for a passing zone. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but uh, these, these drivers know that uh, these uh, you know, first two stages of next year uh, are, are going to be difficult because uh, you're going to have a lot of uncertainties uh, ending uh, that first stage and, and then uh, in the middle once again for Talladega coming up, so be very very interesting to see how all this plays out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to call it a road. I'm sorry. Uh, there's, been a, there's been a road course in the infield at Daytona forever, and they don't call Daytona no, a roval, so I'm not calling it. This is now a road course that will be in the playoffs. Uh, is it unpredictable? Yes, because they've never run this racetrack. This is like adding a brand new racetrack to the circuit, to the NASCAR calendar, and throwing it in in a playoff race. So there's got to be a lot of uncertainty. And and we heard in Marty's report, they're going to look at different things. Is it too narrow? Is, is it going to be 18 corners, or will they change it down to 15 or 16? As Dale said, uh, if you just came out of turn four down to, towards turn one, that creates a passing opportunity. The chicane kind of takes a little bit of that out. So I'm sure this test was not only for NASCAR and for the drivers, but it's also for Charlotte Motor Speedway and NASCAR to look at it and say, is this the best layout? This may not be the layout they end up with. Are the fans allowed to call it a roval? They can call it whatever they want. <laughs> they, they can call it whatever they want to. Yes. Okay. They can okay. Call it, I'm just saying, Kyle Petty is not going to call it a roval. Just put uh, me in there too, KP. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So nobody's calling it a roval on the show. I will. I think it's kind of a fun name for it. But adding this into the fold of what yeah. already is such an unpredictable playoff calendar, you have to think that the drivers are already thinking about it now, oh. and that the teams are already preparing for what it may bring. You heard Kurt Busch say, "I volunteered for this. I want to get as many laps on this course." Uh, on this road course as I can uh, to be prepared for it. So, yes, most definitely. And we look at the teams. Are they gathering data on it where they can run their simulation and do the things they need? Yes, they've started on a playoff race in October of this year because that's what basically they're saying is we're preparing for next October. We're preparing, preparing 12 months out. 
Um, so yes, that unpredictability, you know, do you like to see that thrown into to playoff races? As a fan, I'm saying, yes, that's great. I like Talladega the way it played out uh, and, and the way it was last week from a fan's perspective. From a driver, I'm going to hate it uh, because it does add that unpredictability and so many things are out of your control. Yeah, as a driver, now you're going to get no sleep for about a month. Got so uh, you'll throw this in there. You've got Charlotte uh, as the cutoff race now uh, with this road course, and then Talladega just a couple of weeks later right in the middle. So uh, I think Kirk Bush brought up another good point, KP, in the fact that that the regular season, those playoff points that, that you can gather. So you're going to see t uh, drivers, teams trying to get as many stage points, uh, which you know, obviously then trying to get wins to, to get those stage points and, and playoff points to, to move forward. Those could be uh, more important even than what we've seen so far this year. So uh, a lot of unpredictability. But uh, it, it's going to be fun for us to watch. Uh, it's going to probably be a nightmare just adding one more uh, uh, thing for the drivers to be concerned with in the playoffs. Well, we want to thank Charlotte Motor Speedway as well for yeah. lending us those pictures and just showing us a little bit more about yeah, what fans just can giving expect. Us a glimpse. Yeah, for sure, because <laughs> it is going to be exciting for the fans. It may be a yeah. headache for teams preparing uh, for for that, but for the fans, it's going to be fun. Let's get back to this year though and spend a little bit of time on this as we head into an elimination race at Kansas this weekend. So here's your playoff leaderboard. Take a look at where things are. You can see Martin Truex Jr. and Brad Keselowski at the top in yellow. They have secured their spots in the round of eight, so that leaves six available seats up for grabs right now. Defending Series champion. Jimmy Johnson currently holding that final transfer spot by just seven points over Kyle Busch. So let's get into what Jimmy Johnson is up against here, DJ. How important is qualifying going to be for him this weekend? Yeah, the most important Friday that they've had all season long uh, is coming up in just a couple of days. Uh, we know that uh, they just haven't been able to put together some good qualifying efforts, which, you know, most of the time, if you before this year, before we had stage racing and, and stage points uh, to, to be gathered, that didn't really make that much difference because this seven-time uh, champion could navigate his way right through the field and, and had 400 miles to get it done at a place like Kansas. But those stage points uh, could be the difference in whether Jimmy Johnson and moves into the next round or not. And, and so I think that uh, Friday afternoon is going to be of utmost importance, the most pressure that they're going to feel, and they're going to have to perform uh, to try to get there. Uh, you know, I know he has 80 laps to get it done uh, on Sunday afternoon in that first stage to make his way there, but if they have another poor qualifying effort, that's going to be tough. And on the other side of that, Kyle Busch has been one of the very best, besides Martin Truex, in gathering those stage points. You know he's going to be up front, running in the top five most of the day, uh, He's won a number of polls here in the playoffs. So uh, this could be the, the worst-case scenario for Jimmy Johnson. He could actually go into the final stage on Sunday trailing Kyle Busch uh, if he doesn't gather any stage points and Kyle has a good day to that point. Yeah, and just look, if, as we look at this graphic here, um, that you look at regular season stage points for Jimmy Johnson for Kyle Busch, playoff stage points for Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch. Playoff, he's doubling. Uh, Kyle Busch is doubling what Jimmy Johnson is, is putting down. There's only seven points between these guys. So when we start talking playoffs uh, or start talking stage points in the playoffs, if Kyle Busch continues down the trend that we've already seen in the playoffs, Jimmy Johnson is out and Kyle Busch is in. If we're just going head to head with these two drivers, I'm taking everybody else out of the equation right now. I'm just talking that seven point spread. And, and I think Dale has a great point. We looked at Jimmy at Charlotte. Didn't make it out of the first round. Okay, let's say Jimmy has a phenomenal first segment and picks up 10 positions. He only makes it up to 15th, 14th, something like that. 
let's say Kyle Busch qualifies first or second and has a terrible first segment. I've seen we've seen Kyle do it this year, have a terrible first segment and only drop back to fifth or sixth because he only lost four or five positions. And that to him is a terrible segment. He still picks up four or five points. So I think Jimmy is in a must qualify, must win situation when it comes to Friday. He's got to make something happen Friday that they've not been able to make happen in a long time and especially in the playoffs. So, DJ, we talk about these trends and say things like Jimmy Johnson must qualify well. But what does that really mean? How, how does a team just show up to a racetrack and say, you know what, we're just going to qualify better this time around? I mean, really explain whether or not that's even possible based on the trends that we've seen. Yeah, easy to say, hard to do because it's hard to make those changes. Yeah, and obviously they'll go back to the things that have been uh, giving them uh, problems. And I think most of the time it's been a situation that their cars have been extremely loose. That's what the, the lower downforce package that they've had all year uh, is about. It's what it's done. And they just haven't figured out exactly to give Jimmy what he's looking for so that he can go attack. And, and at these mile-and-a-half racetracks, you have to run these things. You're not completely wide open, but you have to be really, really close. And so you have to really be committed and we've heard Jimmy Johnson use that very term of uh, being uh, committed to to going down into that first corner you know at, at 200 miles per hour and hoping that the car is going to stick and he hasn't had uh, that feeling to be able to do that so to think just as we talk about drivers uh, trying to get that first victory and all of a sudden we think it's going to happen you don't just figure these things out overnight but I'm sure that Chad Knauss has a good game plan going in and Jimmy, Jimmy's going to go there with the idea I would expect them Friday uh, as they did at Charlotte and Kyle made the point there that they they worked just on qualifying but still didn't hit on what Jimmy needed there uh, but I would expect them to do nothing but qualifying runs on Friday afternoon seems like there's a trickle down effect with all of these drivers right as it relates to the playoff leaderboard so then you have to ask yourself what is what Jimmy Johnson do, does and what Kyle Busch does how does that affect a driver like Ryan Blaney you know, I'm not sure it does affect Blaney to us, but obviously it does to some degree, but I don't think it does in a major way. And, and I, I, let's go, I'm going to go to Blaney here and, and put Blaney in a position and let's talk, continue a little conversation with Jimmy Johnson. As a driver, you get to a place, and we heard Dale Jarrett say, committed. Commit to that line, commit to that qualifying lap. Here's a guy, Brian Blaney, who's what, 21, 22, 23? He's committed every time he goes off in that corner to lay down a maximum lap. That's why he's qualifying in the top three or four. That's why he's qualifying in the top five. Jimmy Johnson's 40-some years old. There's a 20-year age gap between these two guys. When you get to that place in your career, and I'll speak from Kyle Petty's point of view, when I got to that age, I'm not committed to put down that lap. I'm committed to make the race and then race myself to the front. And that's what Jimmy has been able to do in the past. Get a good lap, 14th. Get a good lap, 17th. Get a good lap, 25th and then spend the race racing himself to the front of the pack. Stage points, it doesn't work that way anymore. You're giving up points every 50 or 60 laps if you're not up there running up front. That's why we see the Chase Elliotts, the Ryan Blaney's, guys like that. Ryan Blaney did a phenomenal job at Talladega scoring stage points, putting themselves in position. I think if Ryan comes into this race, we've seen them run really well or qualify really well on mile-and-a-half racetracks. If he does what He's done in the playoffs so far. He'll come out of that first stage with some playoff points. 
that may propel him into the to the final eight. Well, age aside, one playoff driver that a lot of people associate with commitment is Kevin Harvick. He has shown flashes this round that he is a legitimate playoff contender. And coming up, he's going to sit down with DJ for a driver-to-driver -driver discussion. And we're also going to take one last look back at one of the most exciting races of the year. Hook this in the right rear. Talk to us when you can. I'm alive. Car's destroyed. You're right, Kyle. I'm not done wrecking yet. Uh, Jimmy, okay, bud? Yeah, that hurt. Welcome back, everybody. Rex claimed two-thirds of the playoff field Sunday at Talladega, leaving just four playoff drivers to compete. Jamie McMurray, uh, Jamie McMurray excuse me, left the party early on lap 26. You had four playoff drivers, including Kyle Busch, who got caught up in the big one on lap 172. Kevin Harvick and Ryan Blaney were done after that wreck on lap 178, and Chase Elliott went out on lap 183. In the end, four playoff drivers left, most notably the winner, Brad Kozlowski. It is the biggest track that NASCAR visits annually. It's Talladega Super Speedway. Such a fun racetrack to come to. So much excitement throughout the whole weekend. Just a great time. I saw this movie once called Days of Thunder. A pretty damn cool movie. You get out of here, Harry. Hi, boys. Let's have some fun. Do what we got to do, and hopefully we don't have much damage repair today. That'd be kind of a nice change. But it is restrictor plate racing. I'm not going to promise you anything. Scott, you got the in-car camera there, Paul. You can watch the whole race. Also, I think they're live streaming this on Twitter, too. Twitter, I don't have. He won't admit to having it. Got one of them egg accounts. Oh, stands are packed. They should get a free Dale Jr. autograph. <laughs> Green flags in the air. Started off really well. Thought we had a great strategy. Um, kind of worked as planned. Uh, we kind of had a plan coming into the race to be able to work with, with the other Fords and try to gain as many stage points as we could. Yeah, the one's going to try to pit this lap. If you can cut up a car length, fine. If not, don't worry about it. Jamin Murray trying to slow down. He's in the second lane, way up on the racetrack. We'll pit this time. We'll get you down. Keep going, keep going. Now, there you go. There's a Big break. Up, and there's a problem. Jimmy McMurray gets hit. Holy jeez, what an idiot. That was the absolute stupidest thing he's ever done. Every time there's a pit cycle, somebody wrecks. Well, that's great. It looks like we're trailing oil pretty good there, Eric, so we're probably done. Who the hell drug oil around the whole racetrack? Eric Jones. My God, he could have got off the damn racetrack. In the groove for 2.66 miles. Hold your breath. There's still 4 deep all the way through turns one and two. Man, oh man, these guys want these points. Yeah, buddy. We were able to uh, kind of move up, and then it was just playing defense to try to get through uh, with next to my teammate Joe Logano on that last lap and win the stage. I was thankful to be able to do that. Okay, well, that worked out well. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the first stage, cycle to the back, and that's when you know you're in the danger zone. And at 24, and Joey were making me nervous. Paul, uh, Brad is trying to talk on two. Brad, do you hear me? Yeah, we, we can hear that you're talking. It's very staticky. Here, go back to channel one. Channel two did not help at all. That's exactly what we hear with you, just a bunch of static. Paul says you need to pit. We need to work on this radio. We still have 75 laps to go. I guess he was still hearing the spotter. Um, I guess it was broken up, but he still thought he could hear him enough, so he decided to stay out. AJ Allmendinger in the 47 spin. McDowell's just a 
idiot. No driving is what he is. Clint Boyer's involved in the 14. How in the did we end up in the damn back? Stupid. Clint Boyer was having a good day. Did you lose oil pressure or anything? Front end's knocked off of it. Well, yeah, we're going to work on it. Wasn't very happy with the pit crew. He felt like that maybe a slow stop kind of put him back there. Giving Spitz more time in the pits. We tore up a lot of other throughout the year, too, too, but oh, I ain't taking those Well, these guys don't want to hear it either. Let's work on this. I think it's safe to say that's not the first time a driver and a crew chief yell at each other. Can't hear the spotter, then we need to come pit here so we can win this race. Pit when it's open, we're going to fix the antenna seat to hear us better. Copy? From there, it was kind of like, man, I really hate to give up the track position. But if we're really going to win this race, we're going to need a spotter. Video one check. Copy, sounds good. Timmy, you sure that thing is good? Ain't coming out? You got me, right? Yes, sir, you sound way better. Keep talking. 30 laps left in this race at the line. No plenty of time. Just be heads up. It's going to get crazy from here on out. We know that. 10 4, we'll do. Hard into the wall, the 41 of Kurt Busch. He'll collect the rest of the field. 38 hooked us in the right rear. Talk to us when you can. I'm alive. Car's destroyed. You right, Kyle? I'm not doing the record yet. Oh. Uh, Jimmy, okay, bub? Yeah, that hurt. Oh, that was scary. Holy crap, that was scary. Wow. Can't see. We drive for me, please? I can't see. Can't see because you're behind the campers, so I can't drive for you, man. I'm sorry. You're down there too low. 70 was a little too aggressive. The only thing I saw first was that one car that flew across the track into the door of Jimmy's car. Crazy what you see out here. Jimmy, we're going to get her fixed up enough to make one lap here. Red flag is out up here. Stop, stop, stop working. Stop working. Stop working. Stop working. Hey, I just seen somebody wearing a 37 Busher shirt in the crowd. Hey, must be lonely up there. Well, the scorer's red skins game, TJ. Leading very late in the game by three. Bring them up, Swatters. Bring them up. Go to work. Withdraw the yellow. Oh, hold on, hold on. The officials aren't saying go yet. Stop touching it. If it's still red, if it's still red, we can't go. Hang on, what is this? This guy's saying don't do it. What is he saying? Resume the work. Yellow's out. The 48 has worked under the red. While the red was out, send him to the garage. I thought you said we could work on the car, Man, he said that. Then he stopped. Then he said crank it up. Having this lap they just took doesn't count. 12 laps to go. All right, bud, we've done great all day. Let's close it out now. Simple. Elliot's going to try to take the lead. All clear. Good move right there. That was smart right there. Uh, outside, 21. I didn't see him there. Crap. Got wrecked. Legato gets in it. Low, 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 low. And keep coming. You're good. You're good. You made it through. Back it down. Old Dave is giving me one last reel. Yeah, on the car there, it was, whew. Talladega is a, a challenge of a, a high-stress game of chess, you know? And when you make a bad move, you get hit upside the head with a hammer. Seven laps to go. Suarez is going to go around. He got tagged from the back. That was really smart, Nate. There was no room in there. All right? There was room in there for just a second. Low, 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 low. Keep coming low. Come on, low. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Caution's out. Good job. Dale Earnhardt Jr. made it through unscathed again. Bucky, just be still out here. Can't be 10 cars left running, is there, Jason? I feel like we're going to get a top 10. Can we just get to the checkered, please? <laughs> Never going to end. A shootout here at Talladega. One left to go. You're not going to win just being good. You're not going to win here just being lucky. You better be both, and today we were both. 
Newman has a car length in front of Keslowski as they come into three and four for the final time. Keslowski on the high side, trying to take the lead away. What really did me the biggest favor was Joey Logano being behind me. And when I made the move on the outside of the 31, he came there and, and put it all together for me, and I couldn't have done it without him. Keslowski's going to win at Talladega. You just won the race. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Sir Brad, great job today, man. Oh, God, that takes a lot of stress off for next week. TV cameras down here at start-finish. How did you do that? Wow. Uh, I survived. <laughs> Good Lord above, we got through some big wrecks there. I'm glad I don't have to do that again. <laughs> Thank you, Talladega Speedway. Appreciate it. It's a huge honor to get the race for you guys. Thank you. So Clint Boyer frustrated with a slow pit stop there. And we also got to hear a little bit more from Chad Knauss yes. and Earl Barber and their exchange as to why they were working under the car when the, rad, when the red flag was out. I know that was something that Jimmy Johnson discussed immediately after the race. Yeah. First, my hands are sweating because I get nervous every time I watch this stuff. Okay, <laughs> But the, I think the emotion in the driver's voices, the emotion in the spotter's voice, I can't drive for you, you're down behind the campers. So much, so many unknowns right there. Boyer was just mad. That, that does not make Boyer look good at all when he just jumps out of the car because they felt like they could fix the car and go back out there. Jimmy Johnson's incident that we saw right there, finally some clarification. Even Chad said, whoa, can we work on it? Stop. Don't do anything. Because even the officials, the, you can't work on the car until the officials let you. Not what the spotter tells you, what the officials do. So there was good clarification there. That should be put to rest. Nobody should be talking about any of that. But Talladega is just Talladega, and that says it all right there. Yes, yeah, surely does. Uh, coming up next, two champions going to sit down. Driver to driver, Kevin Harvick going to join Dale Jarrett to explain the way he's approaching Sunday's elimination race at Kansas, as well as the state of affairs of Stuart Haas Racing. We're going to eavesdrop on that conversation when we come back. But well, we are right in the middle of the playoffs and things are not slowing down at Kansas. The Xfinity Series races Saturday at 3 Eastern over on NBC. And then on Sunday, the elimination race for the Cup Series as the field for the round of eight will be set. That one at 3 Eastern right here on NBCSN. With smart pitting and impressive speeds and plenty of talent behind the wheel, Kevin Harvick earned his first Cup Series championship back in 2014. And since then, he has continued to prove himself as a championship contender with a relentless work ethic and steely determination and earlier today Harvick sat down driver to driver with Dale Jarrett. Hey Kevin thanks for joining us here on NASCAR America today. I know you've had a busy day and a busy weekend coming up but before we get into this coming weekend's race let's go back to Talladega. I know I saw some comments to where you said that you would prefer and probably a lot of drivers would prefer that uh, the Talladega race not be in the playoffs. But it's going to be at least one more year for sure. Would you prefer it be the first, the middle like it is right now and, and was uh, uh, this time uh, or that final race? Well, that's a loaded question because I think there's a, there's a lot of different elements to to Talladega. I think from a from a selfish competitor standpoint, it would be great to see it in the at the end of the regular season. Even if you wanted to end the season, I think it would be uh, great to, uh, to to leave it out of the playoffs just because of the fact that we spend all year you know doing things that that um, would be much more predictable in the last ten weeks. But from a fan's perspective, you know I think that that unpredictability and, and the things that that come with Talladega definitely mix things up and, and make it intriguing. But 
But, you know, I think uh, the, the one interesting thing um, that I saw out of the weekend was the fact of Talladega being in the middle of the round made it so that all the playoff drivers really had no choice but to go out there and race because of the fact that you have to go out and score stage points. And at Talladega, with the stage racing, um, you need to go out and try to score points as early as you can because you never know how long your car is going to be rolling around. So, you know, I think that's that's definitely a debate for, for somebody besides the selfish competitor sitting on this side of the camera to uh, to decide. But it's it definitely makes it interesting, and, and I think it's um, it's something that everybody will be on on different sides. Well, something to look for you to look forward to. You have many more years driving the cars, but when you get on this side, you're going to feel like that. They, hey, this is really entertaining racing that we get to see. Yeah, and, that, and that's definitely something, you know, I think as, as, as we, we talked about it uh, on the radio show and, and um, you know, I, I said uh, what I said, that was the first thing that Matt Yoakum said to me was, well, from a fan's perspective, it's, it's very entertaining to watch. And I, and I get it. I sat up there and watched Parker win on, on Saturday afternoon in the truck race and, and uh, realized how exciting it was. But uh, sometimes you just throw things out there as, as a competitor to, to see, if, uh, see if they'll stick. Kevin, with uh, Kansas being a, a cutoff race and trying to move on into the next round, you're in a really good position, it looks like. But over the years, you've been outstanding in these cutoff races. Uh, not being in a must-win situation this time, you've won a lot of these type races. You kind of enjoy that extra pressure that comes along with that, don't you? Well, there's a lot of pressure this time of year in general, and I, and I think uh, being in that position of, of only having one option, sometimes, in my opinion, is easier because it's a, it's a, it's a one-way street on how you think about things. And, and when you approach things like that, it's a little bit different than, than knowing that you still have to balance things uh, like you do this weekend. You, still, you, have a, you have a decent points cushion. You feel like you're going to one of your better tracks, but you still have to balance uh, how you push and the things that you do of trying to, to win stages and score points and, and win a race with I got to survive and I gotta, I, I've got to advance to the next round. So um, sometimes it's easier to, to just have that one track mind and think about one thing and that's your only option of, of being out. But I like those moments. I think they're, I think they're uh, very challenging. Um, I love the thrill of, of, of being able to succeed in those moments because there's, there's really no, no higher high than uh, you know, you know, accomplishing something when you have no other option. Kevin, uh, you don't have any teammates left in the playoffs right now, but certainly uh, they're there at your disposal if you want to use that. Uh, will you and Rodney Childress look for any help from them, uh, anything they might be doing in practice that could help you? Uh, but it looks like you and Rodney have figured some things out on these mile-and-a-half tracks. Yeah, our cars have been really fast, um, you know, on, on the mile-and-a-half racetracks. We had a really fast car at, at Dover and uh, just had a little miscue there on, on pit road and had to pit under green. But, you know, I think as, as you look at SHR in general, all those guys are, are, are willing to help. And, and, you know, I think not only for our agenda and, and the things that we're trying to accomplish with, with winning a championship, but, you know, Clint Boyer wants to get to victory lane. Kurt wants to get back to victory lane. We all want to win, but we all want to try to put ourselves in the be best position that we can and knowing a direction for next year, knowing how little the rules are going to change with uh, the rear spoiler staying the same and all the rear end rules pretty much staying the same and the splitter changing a little bit. Everything's going to be um, you know, a lot more similar than it has been in the years past. So we need to establish uh, the direction that we need to go over the winter and, and having those guys approve of the, of the things that, that we've done with our cars and, and changing them to their cars and seeing the uh, performance improve would, would be great for the company and knowing a direction at, at this point in the year. 
Kevin, I know you're looking at this year and, and, and battling for a championship and trying to get that second championship. Uh, but uh, as you said in Charlotte today, there's some testing going on out at Charlotte Motor Speedway, but not on the mile and a half track itself. Uh, the, the road course there that's going to be utilized next year. Any thoughts on that right now? Yeah, I saw I saw some video from the from the Charlotte Road Course today, and and I know that uh, Kurt Busch is out there with with the 14 team testing. So I'll be interested to see uh, what he thinks of the racetrack and and what Goodyear has brought to the racetrack, and and now that they know the speeds and, and what they're thinking of the tires. But here's what I love, Dale. I love the fact that they're that they're mixing things up. Um, you know, for for me as a, as a fan or just watching a regular TV show or an event. I like unique events, and I'll tune in for a unique event or a um, you know a money fight uh, like, like we saw with uh, uh, Floyd, Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. People like unique things, and, and I love the fact that that Charlotte Motor Speedway stepped out of the box and said, "Hey, uh, let's let's race on the oval and let on the roval, uh, the Charlotte Road Course, uh, whatever you want to call it, and, and let's let's have a unique event and, and see what people think of it." So it's definitely going to mix things up, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's a great perspective. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for taking the time, and good luck this weekend in Kansas. All right, Dale. Thank good talking to you. And DJ mentioned it. When it comes to elimination races, Kevin Harvick is very good. He has three wins in these type of races to go along with seven top five finishes. and 13 elimination races, he has finished outside the top ten only four times. We appreciate him being with us today. Coming up, Pete Pistoni of SiriusXM NASCAR Radio checking in with us to tell us the one playoff driver that is being overlooked heading into Sunday's cut race at Kansas and his surprising pick on which driver Martin Truex Jr. wants to see gone at the end of this round. You can catch NASCAR and NBC personalities every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistone. Parker Kligerman was on there this morning, and that is on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 if you want to check it out. And Pete is with us now. So, Pete, Dale Jarrett just spent some time with Kevin Harvick, and he was one of the choices in today's Sirius XM NASCAR Twitter question that you guys always put out. And it went a little something like this. Who is the most under-the-radar driver left in the playoffs? It was Harvick and Denny Hamlin. Ryan Blaney and Ryan Blaney was the one that everybody thought I think 44% was the final toll on that do you agree with with Blaney as the correct answer there well I think he's on the list certainly and I think he should be considered Carolyn and Kyle but I think it's Denny Hamlin we haven't been talking about Denny Hamlin pretty much this whole playoff run we've heard from Denny Hamlin about some other things some off the track stuff he's been in the headlines but in terms of how he's running and where he's running I think we've sort of been missing him a little bit. I think this week at Kansas, where he's not been great lately, if he can have a good run there and get to the round of eight, I think that's the guy that's been off the grid, off the radar, and maybe we should keep our eyes on. Yeah, I think that's a great poll question because those guys, and we speak about it each week, there's a group of drivers in that area that have just been invisible in the playoffs. But here's my question for you, my poll question for you, Pete. Put yourself in Martin Truex's shoes, and you've got – uh, Jimmy Johnson on the bubble, right there on the cut line. And on the other side of the cut line, you've got Kyle Busch. Which one do you want to see eliminated after we come out of Kansas? I think I want to see Jimmy Johnson eliminated. And the only reason I would say that, Kyle, is because Jimmy's been there before. Chad's been there before. We've written off Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals even this late in the playoffs before. And they're like, you know, it's almost Halloween. They're sort of like Michael Myers from Halloween, the movie. <laughs> if you let them up and be alive again, they're going to come and get you with a knife. So if I'm Martin Turek Jr., Kyle Busch is a, certainly going to be a foe. There's no doubt if he makes it on. 
I'd worry about Jimmy Johnson and uh, and Chad Kenos because they know how to run these playoff races. And these last few are tracks where Jimmy's been really good in his, in his uh, career over the last few I'm years. I'm fascinated to hear Pete say that because yeah. if it was me, my initial reaction would say I would want Kyle Busch gone. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the way, as I started thinking about it, I thought the same thing. But then I go back to last year. Jimmy Johnson makes it to the Final Four. I gave him the least chance of being the champion, and he leaves Homestead as the champion. You've got to knock Jimmy Johnson out when you have an opportunity. Pete, what do you think about what we saw this past weekend at Talladega? Right in the middle of this round, is that where a race as unpredictable and as volatile as Talladega should be moving forward? I think it is, Carolyn. I think what it did in the middle race of the round was two things. One, it got away from that riding in the back of the pack. I'm, I'm looking at you right now, Joe Gibbs Racing, from last year. That wasn't a strategy that anybody could use. And I also think it just provided some energy. Is it, is it, like you say, are there a lot of variables, a lot of challenges? Absolutely. But I don't know if it's as random as people make it out to be. How do you explain a guy like Brad Keselowski winning five races at Talladega? Joey Logano, his teammate at Team Penske, could have won his third straight race there. I do think that there's a skill set that comes out at Talladega. So I'm not, I don't subscribe to that whole, you just, it's like bingo balls and you pull out a, a winner. I think there's some skill involved. And if you ask me, we've been talking about it all week on the morning drive here on a Wednesday. Usually by now we're looking ahead. I thought that race provided a lot of energy, and I thought it was the perfect way to give us a little bit of something more to talk about here as we get ready for the last round of the playoffs coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and I agree with Pete on this. It, it needs to be in the middle. I don't like it as the cut race. I don't really like it as the first. Uh, as a fan, I just want it in one of these rounds, honestly, because it does stir up that excitement. It does stir up that talk. As a driver, I, I like it in the middle, uh, just as Pete said. For a lot of different reasons. I think there is a skill set. I think there's an attitude of going in there as a driver uh, that benefits you. And I think Brad Kay and Joey Logano and a number of guys have that attitude that they don't look at it as a hindrance or a bad thing. They look at it as a positive. Uh, but as a driver, too, when you go there and you crash, you still have one race. Mm. You feel like there's a little bit of hope left in the tank when you go into Kansas. After watching Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch win everything up to that point, it yes. was exciting to get to Talladega <laughs> knowing that something different may happen. Pete, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Always fun, guys. Talk to you next week. Thanks. And what we know about Truex is that he has already secured a spot in the round of eight. So what would a victory at Kansas this Sunday mean to him? It might mean more than you think. We're going to explain that and talk to the man himself next. Well, tonight is Wednesday Night Rivalry Night, the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues, and this is a very special one. My friend Eddie Olchek is returning to the broadcast booth for the first time as he continues to battle cancer. We are with him all the way. Tune in tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern for that game. Time now for our social pit stop. Jimmy Johnson providing a glimpse at Hendrick's carpool program for 2018. This is what he posted, just taking the kids to lunch. So that's William Byron and Alex Bowman riding in the back. How about this reply from Bowman, Kyle? Thanks, Gramps. We're in car seats in the back. Ooh. That's perfect. Maybe he's getting some qualifying tips from those guys. <laughs> oh, oh, drop the mic. Okay. <laughs> Martin Drex Jr. took part in Goodyear tire testing at Charlotte's Roval earlier today. We'll get his thoughts on what makes this road course different than the others. Until then, let's take a look back at one of the season's top moments from the Coke Racing family. Austin Dillon's first career victory in the Cup Series brought to you by Coca-Cola. Four hundred laps, six hundred miles. We're ready for the Coke Six Hundred. 
Austin Dillon will gain his first career victory. He'll take the three car back to victory lane. Hey, we got you to slide the grass too, bud. Hell of a job, Austin. Love you, buddy. Love you. Hell of a job, man. Four drivers hit the road course today at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The track's going to make its cup debut in next year's playoffs. One of those drivers was Martin Truex Jr., and he joined Marty Snyder a little while ago to share his thoughts on the Roval and also his goals for Kansas this weekend. Martin Truex Jr., one of two drivers who can breathe easy this weekend at Kansas, along with Brad Kozlowski, but in the meantime, testing the Roval here at Charlotte. i got to know your first impressions of this racetrack. It's definitely been interesting. Been a lot to learn, and uh, it's been a unique challenge, that's for sure. It, it, the one thing A.J. Allmendinger, who did the original test, said was very narrow. Will there be opportunities to pass at this track, or do you predict a wreck fest in this race next year? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, we've only run single-car runs so far, and haven't really had the opportunity to get around other cars, so we'll just have to see. I mean, there's definitely a lot of narrow spots, but I think there's also some opportunities to really make mistakes because the track's so slick, especially in the infield. So it's going to open up opportunities, whether you can make them happen or not. We'll have to wait and see. Biggest challenge of this racetrack and the, maybe the biggest fun part of the racetrack that you've taken away from? Biggest challenge is definitely the the transitions from the banking to the infield. Just mm -hmm. They're so abrupt and the, the angle changes so, so dr drastic and dramatic. Um, those have been challenging. And then the infield is just really slippery. So trying to figure that out. And then, you know, I don't think we have the right tire yet either. And, and as we go down that road, and it seems like every time we put more grip in the tires, it, it's more fun to drive and yeah. you can make more happen. Um, so we'll just see how, where all that goes. But so far, it's been uh, it's been pretty fun today. You know, they moved Talladega off of the elimination race in, in round two. But now this is going to be the elimination race in round one next year. Will it be similar to that? I feel like it will be. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty wild track and a lot of narrow spots, a lot of concrete walls, and just a lot of just a lot of room for bad things to happen, or not a lot of room where yeah. bad things will where bad things will happen. I guess so. There's potential for you know some big ones, but you know we'll just have to wait and see. All right, this weekend at Kansas, obviously you won the race there in the spring. Is this? Do you sense maybe the last weekend of relaxation for the '78 team for the year? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, certainly the pressure goes up when the when the points reset or whatever, and we go to the next round. But I feel like, um, yeah, I feel I feel good about where we're at. We've you know we've done the same thing all year long, and and if we can just continue that mindset and that approach, I think we'll be fine either way. So looking forward definitely to uh, to going to Kansas track that's been really good for us the past couple sure. years, really throughout my career in general. And I'm um, just trying to get some more of those bonus points. So you know when we get to the next round, that uh, you know if something may happen bad that right. you know we'll have a little bit of a cushion but you know i think it's important to just keep that mindset keep that focus and uh just continue to do what we've done all year i know you would love some more bonus points with but with some people being a little a little bit desperate do you maybe just say hey, you know what we're gonna lay back a little bit this weekend no we got nothing to lose so <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing to lose at all we'll just go for it we're, we're going there to win the importance of having another mile and a half to fine-tune what you guys have and get ready for Homestead where your test next week. How, how high is that on the priority list this week and learn a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, uh, anytime you go to the racetrack, there's opportunity to learn. There's opportunity to figure things out to get better for you know your next tracks coming up. Um, I think we're taking the car we took to Chicago this mm -hmm. weekend. So a uh, good past history. Um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes got a lot of confidence in my guys and what we're doing and uh we've got a good plan for homestead next week at test and at testing and hopefully we'll 
figure some things out there and be able to apply them in, uh, in a month or so. You mentioned the Miami test. You're testing here at Charlotte this week. Miami next <laughs> week. Killing me. How tough is this for a team from Denver, Colorado? We haven't tested all year. <laughs> this is our first test of the year, and we get to do two in a row, but obviously two pretty important ones. So looking forward to next week for sure. Two very important ones for Martin Truex Jr. He's learning for next year here at Charlotte today, but Miami, the big test next week, that's the one he's looking forward to. And maybe a nice distraction because, as he said, he's got nothing to lose. We are we are quick to throw stats out on this yes. show, but here is one that is worth paying attention to. So Martin Truex Jr. has 13 career wins, seven coming into the season and six this year. So right now, and Kyle, I'll give you credit. You're the one that kind of pointed this out. He has a chance to eclipse his entire career win total this season. Yes. I, I think a lot of what Martin Truex goes through these last four or five races our personal goals. Um, seven wins in his entire career, he can equal that this Sunday and say, I had seven in one season. By winning on another mile-and-a-half racetrack, he also becomes the all-time winner, single-season mile-and-a-half race winner uh, in, in the history of the sport, in the 60 or 70 years of the sport. He takes that goal away from, or that award away from uh, Carl Edwards. Um, and so you look at things like that, and he's chasing a championship, which would be his personal thing. So uh, there's so many things for Martin Truex that you look at that you say, forget everybody else out there. This is Martin Truex racing Martin Truex that he can set these personal goals and set these personal milestones. It's a career year for him. No matter where he goes, it's a career year. DJ, he was able to share a little bit of insight into what he's thinking going into this weekend. How can he be the difference maker, really, in whether Kyle Busch gets into the playoffs? Yeah, that's a good point, Carol. And I think that's exactly what he has in mind. You know, I, I know that Pete Pistone and even Kyle have said that that they understand that keeping Jimmy Johnson uh, outside there would be the most important. I think Kyle Busch is his biggest competition for trying to win this championship. So if he can win on Sunday afternoon and make Kyle Busch do everything he can to have to try to get in on points, if that doesn't happen, if it's a win that Kyle Busch needs, then he's accomplished one more goal there. So uh, I think that's their biggest focus going into the weekend. And he mentioned that they can always learn something. My gosh, the competition certainly hope that they don't learn anything else about how to win on these mile and a half. They've got that down uh, to a science already. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a jam-packed weekend. Uh, plenty for you to see. Our coverage from Kansas is going to start on Friday with Cup Series practice, so make sure you're with us for that. Saturday's Xfinity Series playoff race over on NBC, and then NBCSN has Sunday's race in the Monster Energy Cup Series elimination race, but we're back tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.